Because the Bible says in the last days, people are going to have itching ears. They're not going to want to hear the truth. They will not tolerate sound doctrine. So people will get up and preach doctrines of devils. devils. Joe, immoral communist Biden, is a supporter of transgender surgery, puberty blockers, even for minors, and all at public expense. I'm sick of it. The communism that came in this country and the socialism, the whole Democratic Party, it was weaned in Baptist churches just like this and preachers who said they believed the Bible and lying about it at the same time. Why can't we just believe that God says what he means and means what he says? Welcome back to the Canceled Preacher Podcast. Today we have a uh, subject that... Um, I hope it will be of interest to everybody. It should be of interest to everybody. Um, and if it's not, I hopefully will convince you uh, that uh, you need to be more interested in this subject. We're going to talk about finances. Finances. So you taught on this uh, back in February, I think you were saying? Back in February for four weeks. Now you, uh, you usually don't teach that long on finances. No, not on anything. Sometimes about three or four weeks on the King James. Sometimes three or four weeks on biblical health. Sometimes three or four weeks on... Uh, finances, but life application things and finances touches every one of us. You know, the Bible speaks on finances more than it speaks on anything else. And Jesus spoke on finances more than he spoke on anything else. And he gave life application lessons from, um, uh, you know, finances um, as much as probably more than anything else. So that's surprising. You say Jesus spoke on money? He did. He made a lot of... Um, did you say he spoke on money more than anything else? Yes. Yes. Uh, referenced it. Referenced it. Yes, referenced it. Okay. And that's not to say that, that he was giving commands on money, but money is a part of life. You know, when you go to work, you work and you give your, your life for, uh, you trade it for money. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so really money is life. Well, I heard a preacher say that uh, you're not, you know, you don't, you don't get out of bed, you know, but five minutes after you're out of bed in the morning, you're already thinking about money. You know? Right. Either so, directly or indirectly. That's correct. And so uh, if, you know, if somebody wants to get attention, they may begin to reference money. Uh, I imagine Jesus was was uh, teaching, you know, truths and and uh, bringing it home. You know, as he as he began to talk about something everyone is thinking about all the time, especially something as convicting as you know, lay not lay out for yourselves treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven, things like that. Um, but uh, when we were chatting about talking about finances i said well you know how are you going to make this controversial <laughs> well <laughs> let's start off by saying let's make it applicable because you know the vast majority of people in this world including christians are slaves to debt and they're slaves to the economy slaves to debt and so their decisions are all based upon money hmm. money is the driving force behind most people's lives and the decisions that they make are based on money and uh, the reason is we're slaves to debt is because we ignore God's clear teachings on finances. And what's worse, it happens when we're in our teens. I mean, by the time a kid, and, and here's the problem. So a kid gets a job, he's making maybe $100 a week, and he doesn't tithe. So he's already violating God's principles. Mm -hmm. And uh, God's not going to bless his finances. Yep. So he's building a house of cards. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible says, try me, prove me, you know, and uh, the tithe is the Lord's, the scripture says. Now we're not going to get into today whether or not it's biblical, but of course we believe it's biblical mm -hmm. and you're not going to go wrong giving God the tithe as if God is going to curse you because, because you were generous in giving back to the Lord. But the Bible says, given it shall be given unto you. Right. Good measure, pressed down. And uh, God says, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. And so, and then he says, oh, he'll, re he'll, he'll, he'll um, rebuke the devourer. You know, God says in, what is it, Haggai, he says, you know, you're making all this money, but all you're doing is making it and you're putting it in your pocket. And he says, but it's a pocket with holes. You know, so money, financial, you know, we're in this revolving door. We can never seem to get out. And that's, and this is what people say, I don't know how it happened. And everybody gets in financial debt, and they got to go declare bankruptcy. Everybody says, well, I wish I could pay it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you know, if you really, truly wanted to have financial integrity, you have obeyed God's financial principles. I can solve all of your financial problems right now. For everybody that's listening, I can solve all your problems right now. If you'll just, if you'll just obey the Tenth Commandment, thou shalt not covet, mm -hmm. you know, and live within your means. 
Yeah. Just live within your means. God has given every one of us way more than enough money and way enough more than enough resources. And I'm talking about everything. Brain power. I'm talking about time, talent, and money. Everything you need. Way more than enough to do what he's called you to do. And I believe in a way that's what the scriptures say when your, your cup runneth over. So you've got enough money to tithe. What you need to do is put yourself in a position where you can, people say that all the time. Well, preacher, I can't afford to tithe. I had a guy tell me that one time. I says, well, God is only asking 10%. So it's not a question of can you afford it. The question is, do you want to be able to afford it? Mm. Because all you've got to do is just sell your car. All you got it, and this this is what young people say all the time. And I cannot believe they're so stupid and so duped. Well, I got to have reliable transportation. No, you need a reliable God, mm, you know. But you can you cannot violate the word of God for reliable transportation. You know what you you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you that's something you say a lot when you're teaching on finances. Is God has given you more than enough than uh, than what you need to live the life He's called you Way to live. Way more than so enough. Give me uh, back that up biblically. You know, where, where do you get that from the Bible? Well, first of all, I, I get that from the, the well, where, God, where God says that he is going to supply all your need according to his riches and glory. So everything that you need, mm-hmm. uh, and what do we need to do? What, what do we need? Well, having food and raiment, therewith we ought to be content. So you, you, if you can't be happy living in a three-bedroom, two-bath ha- house, you're not going to be happy living in a five-bedroom, four-bath house with a swing pool in the back and a Lamborghini in a garage. So people, people hear that, and I'm sure that's going right over their head. They're like, that can't be true, you know. Most people live for that kind of thing. Most people are living to better their, their situation. That's right. They, they're saving up for a better house. They're saving up for a nicer car. There's, you know, they want to put money away for retirement, have an RV when they get old. They think, you know, that's what they're striving for. That's their goal, Um uh, and so they, you know, they hear, well, you're not going to be happy, you know, and they're sitting uh, in this house and they're thinking, well, if we could just get out of this house, you know, if we could just get a better house, you know. Um, I mean, think about it. So you got a formal living room where you entertain guests. Then you've got the family living room and then you've got your den. You can only live in one of them or be in one of them at a time. Mm-hmm. And then why do we need a study, a sewing room? Why do we need a, you know, a library? Why can't we just combine all of that stuff? Mm-hmm. Because the devil has told us and the world has told us we need that for status. Well, uh, let's, let's park there for a minute because the world has told us so many lies that we buy into. Um, one being the car thing, right? We had a guy here that uh, you know cl- swore up and down he needed to get a, a new car and bumper-to-bumper warranty. Guess what? That bumper-to-bumper warranty, it's, it's, a, it's a scam. It is it a is scam. It is a complete scam. Nothing, nothing qualifies in those bumper-to-bumper warranties, as we, we found out. Right. <laughs> the only things that qualify are the things that never break, but the world, like your bumper. The world tells you that you got to have this stuff. Like, the world tells you you got to have all this insurance. Oh, my soul. I remember that several years ago. So I went and bought a car, and, uh, and they said, well, just about ready to sign the deal. And the guy says, well, you got to have one other guy come in and talk to you and about – and he didn't really tell me what it was, but it was a guy who was uh, pressuring me to buy insurance. And he says, you can't afford not to have it. And I says, I can't afford to have it. And, uh, and so what I did was, because I wanted a car, so I, I bought it. And he says, well, it's free for, for 30 days. I said, okay. On the 30th day, I came down, I went down there, and uh, I canceled it. So I got 30 days for nothing. But then about three years later, they called me back. And they said, well, you know, it's about time for you to think about another car um, would you like to um, maybe come on down? We got some deals for you and whatnot. I said, I'll never, ever, ever be back there again. Neither will I recommend anybody ever to go there because I told you this is what I could afford, and you tried to sell me more. You tried to ruin me. You tried to ruin my marriage. You tried to ruin my kids. You tried to ruin <laughs> everything about me because I couldn't afford it, and you tried to force it down my throat, and I bought it only because uh, I wanted the car, but I said, I'll never, ever be back to you again, and I told you at the very beginning, this is all I can afford. But you don't care about that, and they don't. Listen, folks, in, your insurance, insurance agent is not on your side. I mean, you might think that they are, and they may. Just because they got candy kisses sitting on the <laughs> counter, that doesn't, and they're going to give you a free pen, that means nothing. They are out for themselves. Nobody is in business to lose money. Mm-hmm. Everybody is in business to make money. Now, that's one of the things people say about capitalism. Well, we've got to become communists because communists, you know, makes the playing field equal. 
yeah, everybody equally poor. Yeah. But we have to remember in capitalism, there's opportunity. Yeah. And for a worldly person, greed is going to control a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, so well, people, and people will take what, if you're going to give it to them, they're going to take it. Yeah. And, and greed is not going to go away, but capitalism has a built in, um, you know, uh, backstop to greed. Absolutely. Uh, you know, greed doesn't go away. Communism is not going to get rid of greed. You no. know, all it does is just it just uh, enriches the top people. You right. Know? Which and then everybody say, else has got to do everything under the table. They would say that does, capitalism does that too, but that's not true. But, um, you know, tell that story about when you were uh, shopping for insurance. So it was several years ago. And, um, and so I, I was looking to, and by the way, this is one thing. Let me tell you now. If you don't know your insurance agent's name, and they don't know your name, you don't know them on a first-name basis, then you probably have financial trouble. Because, I, and let me just, let me go, well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and, and uh, you know, I've heard this from you before, but uh, you preaching on this recently um, just reminded me, yeah, you're right. And so um, I did just what you said, and um, I was ticked. I, I hate to ruin your story, but I was ticked off because um, I, I canceled Geico, and next thing you know, I, I got uh, insurance somewhere else. Um, for less than half, and it's just like they just raise the rates because they can, because most people aren't paying attention. That's right. And next thing you know, I'm paying double what I should be paying. Um, and if you're not diligent about it, um, but anyway, you were so say- anyway, so this was many years ago, and I remember the guy, boy. I'll tell you what, we would go back, and he'd offer me coffee. I'd sit in the back room with him, and and we'd talk and everything. But he still was not on my side. They'll all tell you that they're going to, you know, look over your file and try to find the best deal because they're brokers, you know, and they can look around and, and uh, you know, and, and, and we believe it. But you never hear from them. Uh, and here's what happens. Then, then what we do is we have the automatic pay, so it comes right out of our, you know, uh, electronically comes out of our checkbook. And so, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. But you can't be that way. Right. You cannot be that way. You said you have to know. What do you say? Know well the state of your flock. Yes, that's that what the Bible apply says. Apply it to finances as well. You ought to know well the state of your flocks, and and uh, which in, in our case would be our our money and yeah. where it's at mm-hmm. and where it's going. So anyway, um, Misty, one of my kids, turned sixteen. Now in the state of Missouri, you can start driving on your own at sixteen. So my insurance went. From uh, so this is three cars, and um, it was three cars and uh, three drivers and a 16 year old. And when Misty turned 16, it went from $125 a month to $369 a month. Mm. Well, immediately I go down there to I go down there to the insurance company. And they started, I said, listen, this is, I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, this is what they say. Well, you can't afford not to have it, you know. And so they want you to have a million-dollar coverage, you know, because astronomical bills and whatnot. And I get that. Yeah. I get that. That's a real problem. But you can't pay what you don't. If you don't have the money, you can't pay it. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And uh, by the way, if you don't have a budget and know how much you need every week to operate on, then I don't believe that you are you are really doing um, well financially so anyway so i go down there and they they st- <laughs> you know the secretary uh which which she could do this i guess she was an agent as well uh and uh, so she started to say well let's see here bring in misty's grades you know and uh, we can knock off five percent there because good student driver and then because i was a teacher here at our school and a preacher you know oh well we can give you the heroes discount you know and uh everybody's a hero now yeah everybody's a hero <laughs> and another like 10 percent there and and then i can't remember it was one more um well if you put a braking sensor on your car then you'll give you another 10 percent or right. whatever i says ma'am i said we are we, <laughs> i said you're talking ten dollars i'm saying it's got to come down a couple hundred dollars <laughs> and uh, she said well we just can't do that i said well i have to buy less insurance and then she got it down to i don't know wherever i thought we could so anyway it was still Three hundred and thirty dollars, you know, or something like that. She knocked off about thirty or forty dollars, as if I'm going to be happy. So I go home and start shopping around. And by the way, you can shop around online and get yeah. and get insurance and things. And so I called them up about two days later, and I found it for like like one I don't know twenty nine. I think it was. That would be for me, my wife, and Misty. And, and they were they had you at like three thirty. They had me down to 3.30. Mm. And so I called them up, and I said, listen, 
I got my finger on the enter button right now. I said, if you don't bring it down right now, I says, I'm hitting enter and I'm can't I'm coming down and canceling you right now. And they said, well, wait a minute. Give us to the end of the day. We don't have an, an agent here that can write a new policy. And so I said, okay, I'll give you till 5 o'clock. They had to get an agent from the next town to come on down. And, uh, and so, and you know what they said? What? They said, guess what? We can beat what you have for, by $10. But they wouldn't have told you that. They would not, not have told you that. Done that squeeze play. That's right. That's uh, right. And, and it, the insurance the insurance business is a big ripoff. Well, a lot. Of I mean, you could own your house, mm-hmm. and uh, they're gonna they're gonna sell you all kinds of stuff. You know, like all the stuff inside your house, and that, that's the that's something else too. Why are you <laughs> folks that can't afford it? That's fine, but most of the people that can't afford it, you go out and buy new furniture, and so here you got you got tens of thousands. What's inside your house costs more than your house itself, mm-hmm. and so what they want to sell you all this, you know you know, for all the stuff that is in your house, you know, all the property. And then they want to say, I said, listen, I, I don't, I, all I want is the, ba- this is all I want. And I said, legally, all I need to do is, you, you know, satisfy any debts, but they wouldn't do it. None of them would. I went to three different insurance companies around here and I, and uh, I says, this is how much I want this by law. I just need to be able to um, satisfy if, if the house burns down or any, pay off my debtors, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, none of them would. None of them would. They all want to ensure the it contents. Two and a half times the, the value of the house. Uh-huh. You know, and then the contents, and then the the outbuildings. Uh-huh. You know, you got a you got a <laughs> an old barn out there sitting out there. It's about ready to fall over. They want to short for fifteen thousand dollars. That's true. That I had that at the house I bought first. That garage. I ended up tearing it down. That thing was insured. You know, they wanted to have it insured for I don't know how much. And uh, uh, you know, that thing was was it was. Didn't need that much insurance no, on it. And that house was, that, you know, that, that garage you're talking about was built. I, listen, I wish you all could have seen it. It was leaning. It looked more like a lean-to. And it was going to blow over in a stiff wind. And they want to insure that thing for heaven knows how much. And it was only it, it was only worth firewood. Yeah. That yep. was it. Yep. yep. Yes. So let me, let's talk about a few things to help folks. First of all, financially, you have got to accept that God is going to supply all your needs, and that includes especially financial needs. Now, you should not live for money, but you have to understand that money, Proverbs speaks a lot about money, and that's mm-hmm. the book of wisdom. By the way, you spoke and preached a fantastic sermon last Wednesday night on, fi- um, on, on wisdom, and I really appreciate that. But I'll tell you one reason why people are not doing well financially, and that's because of the way they handle their money. They're not handling it right. Well, you say something regarding that that seems impossible to believe. You say it doesn't matter how much you make. You say it's all about how you handle what you make. It's not how much you make. It's how you manage what you make and that I'm makes sure the difference. I'm sure there's people that say, no, I just can't, I can't meet my you know, bills or whatever. I need to make more money. Okay, so know? if anybody is saying that right now, then that, that's your problem right there. You have got to accept that God will provide for you. Mm-hmm. But your problem is... You want to live, you know, uh, in a nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. What if God hasn't called you to a nice neighborhood? What happens if God has not called you to make ninety or a hundred thousand or six-digit number, you know, figure? Mm-hmm. I will tell you this: that uh, I've been told all of my life that you're going to have a, a car. You're always going to have a car debt, and you're always going to have a house payment. I don't have either, either. And I've never won a lottery. I've never got an inheritance. I've never made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. I've, I don't think I've ever reported more than $45,000 a year income. My wife has never worked. But God will provide. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, if you don't believe that, then how do you expect God to bless? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be wise, but I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this story. When I was working for Brother DeBose, the Bible Baptist Church in St. Charles, he was another one, never really made a lot of money, but you would think he had a lot of money, lived in a nice house, house was paid for, cars were paid for, a um, few things that he knew how to do. He knew how to work, and uh, he understood the principle that we're talking about right now. This is what he told me. He says, money is everywhere. It grows on trees. Mm. He says, nobody in America has any excuse for not being wealthy. Mm. That's what he said. And I remember thinking to him, and we were driving in the car down Interstate 70 on our way to, I think, Warrington, uh, that direction. And uh, on that road, and I said, well, preacher, let's go to one of these money farms and pick some money. <laughs> and uh, 
And it, that he just, he laughed. And then he began to explain a little bit about what he was talking about. He says, people just don't know where to look. They just don't know where to look. And, uh, and so from that, I've developed and, and learned from the Bible. And I've, I've preached, um, you know, on financial freedom for years. And this is the sad thing. Um, for example, I remember saying years ago, now you need to invest your money. The Bible says you need to invest money. If you're not investing your money, how can you expect God to bless? Hmm. God says you should have at least given my money to the bankers, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that I could have received my own with interest. And people don't want to do that. So people just put their money into, you know, they just hoard it or just put it in, you know, in their basement in a <laughs> lockbox or something like that. Well, your dollar can't buy this year what it could buy last year so you're losing money yeah. you're being unfaithful That's right and so you've got to put that money somewhere where god is going to he's going to bless. how can you expect god to bless you if you're not going to do what he says mm -hmm. and the lord says if you this is what people say well when i get more money then i'll start doing that but the lord says i uh, know no if if you're not faithful in little you will not be faithful in much right and so i so uh, so Brother DeBose, you know, he taught me something so extremely important. Um, and I'm going to say this as well. People want to use prayer for, you know, as a catch-all and solve all problems. Mm -hmm. And so this is what God said. God said in Proverbs chapter number one, he says, if you violate my words and you don't seek after wisdom, he says, I'm telling you, I'm going to laugh when your calamity comes. Mm -hmm. And when your calamity comes... He said, you pray all you want, but I'm not going to answer your prayer. Right. That's what God said. Yep. And it's not because God doesn't care, but, hey, some, if, if, if you're not going to learn from God's word, God says, okay, I'll have to teach you by your own experiences. Mm. And, um, and so we cannot ignore God's financial pr principles. Yeah. <laughs> and now, let me say this as well. Everybody that's listening to Dave Ramsey, you don't need to listen to Dave Ramsey. All you need to do is get your heart right with God. Now, I'm not saying that Dave Ramsey doesn't help. Don't misunderstand me. But you don't need Dave Ramsey. All you need to do is repent. Your problem is you got big eyes. That's yep. your problem. Yep. And you're carnal. Yep. And all you, you're not living a spiritual life. You're living a fleshly life. Mm -hmm. that, that is your problem. Until you are willing and ready to admit that, you're never going to have financial freedom. Well, go ahead and speak to all the people that are saying right now, Dave Ramsey changed my life. Well, that bothers me because I would say, that if, if it is true that Dave Ramsey has changed your life. Um, what do we need the Bible for? That's right. That's what I was getting to. Where, does, where do we glorify God? Mm -hmm. You know? And so. Now they would say, well, he's teaching Bible principles, you know. Um, right? Well, and in I that, mean, in that sense, his, I would say, well, yeah. Praise the Lord stuff for that. Is, you know, absolutely. It is biblically. I, you could trace it back to the Bible. You Ab know? Absolutely. Um, not saying that he can't help. Uh, but uh, when you start thinking you got to have that stuff. You know, like these people, they think they got to go to the marriage conference to get their marriage fixed. You know, they got to go to youth conference to get right with God. You don't need that. You need to get, you can get right with God anywhere. Yeah, you know? and certainly preaching Anytime. is a wonderful thing. Yeah. But why do you got to go to a youth conference to hear preaching? Why right. do you got to go to a, a marriage council or a financial freedom seminar? You know, Bloomberg reported that the overall consumer debt now has reached a record of $13.5 trillion. It's just unbelievable. But... Number one, we have to – let's just give you a few things here that, that I had mentioned here a few weeks ago. And by the way, this is something that I teach um, more than I preach. I don't very seldom preach on money, but I will occasionally. But, you know, don't be a financial Calvinist. That would be the first thing. God has put it, as we've been saying, within reach of everybody to be financially blessed. That's what the Scripture says. So um, I remember on that point uh, – a couple of weeks ago, you got pretty animated, <laughs> pretty, uh, uh, I guess, passionate at talking about these people giving praise reports about, you know, money coming out of the sky and things like that. Um, go well, ahead and tell let's me. Let's stop and talk about that for a second. Yeah. So God wants you to get wealth through labor and length of time. That's what the scriptures say. Um, now, for example, riches and honor are with me, durable riches and righteousness, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow. Length of days are in her, in her left hand, and are in her right hand, riches and honor. And, um, and so, he, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent shall be made rich. The hand of the diligent shall rule, uh, but the slothful shall be under tribute. And so many verses 
that, that teach that. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. And, and so here's what folks will say. All right, so I have violated financial Bible principle after financial Bible principle, okay? Right. And, um, and so I haven't tithed in forever and a day. Uh, I don't I, have a budget. I don't have a budget, and I, I, I don't invest, and uh, I've got credit cards, and I just buy what I want when I want, you know? I have no discipline at all. And then we get into a mess. People get into a mess financially, and then what they'll say is, well, you know what? You know, I, I got this uh, money in the mail and then want to praise God for it. No, no. Uh, you might as well praise the devil <laughs> because if anybody, it was the devil. Because God is not going to bless somebody that violates his word. Right. And then what is it? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, there's two ways to get wisdom. James says, from above or from below. And the wisdom from below is earth, earthly, sensual, devilish. And so if you're going to use the wisdom from below, you're going to get the blessing of the devil. And so uh, um, you came right out and said, uh, you're th- sitting here thanking God for a blessing. And the devil gave that to you. The devil is blessing you. Right, right. <laughs> it, it's, the, it's the same concept. I remember when I was in college, my first year in college, um, the, it was Old Testament survey. And back in 1981. And so the teacher, he prayed this prayer, and uh, I'll never forget it. He started off by saying, we're going to take our first test. This first test you're going to take in college probably, and, and it was. And this is what he said. He said, now, he said, let's bow our heads and let's pray. And he prayed like this. Oh, Lord, I pray first of all that you would bless those that diligently prepared. I pray that you would help them to remember what they studied for and give them the grade that is equal in weight to how much they studied, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, this is a good prayer, man. Praise the Lord, man. This is a good Christian college. And then he said, oh, God. <laughs> he said, God, I pray that those people who are relying on their talent or did not study at all, I pray, Father, that you would help them, cause them to forget anything that they remembered and make them fail mm-hmm. for the glory of God. <laughs> Brother Howells used to say this all the time. God does not bless talent. God blesses character. Right. And it's the same thinking in the area of finances. God is not going to bless people that violate his word. But that's what we do all the time. And so, yeah, I said in the sermon, I said, quit saying at praise time. And we do that on Wednesday nights. Quit praying, uh, praising God. You know, you know, I won the lottery. You know, the money just came out of the just came in the mail just at the right time. Now, does God do that? I would say that he, that he, he I'm not going to say he doesn't do that, but we know for sure that God says that through length of time and through labor, God wants us to accumulate wealth. We got to change our thinking on that too, because for me, for me, even the longest time, I, I, there was this, there was this allure of these people who would get an inheritance or find, you know, something in their basement that was worth a million dollars. Let me pay my respects to the inheritance. For all of those of us that are listening, if you are counting on your parents dying or your heir apparent dying so that you can get out of financial freedom, I hope they write you out of their will. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and this whole idea of an inheritance is taught in the Bible not, not the same way. The kids worked on the same family farm, and they just inherited from the dad what the dad got, the same farm, and just passed down, mm-hmm. and then they would work on it. <laughs> not like we think of an inheritance today. I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to give anybody any money that they can go out and live like the devil. I'll write you out of my will. Amen. Good. You, you know, I, I mean, I... Why enable somebody down a, a damnation road, you know, and just help them further down the road to hell? I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm just not going to do it. But but, but we do. People do that all the time. And we think and we we think that uh, uh, getting this uh, a lot of money coming into a lot of money is something that uh, is a good thing. Uh, whereas your teaching says you need to change your whole view of that and see it's evil. In fact, the Bible says that. Uh, uh, Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. It says that he that seeketh to be, uh, hasteth to be rich, or what is that, hath an evil eye. Yes. Um, what is that verse? Uh, oh. I can't remember it off the top of your head, but oh. but it's, it's those words exactly. He that seeketh, wants to get riches quickly, or, or you know. Hath an evil eye. Yeah. Um, and so we think that, 
oh man, if you know, if I were to just come into this money or something like that, and we we hear people doing, we think, oh, that'd be exciting, that'd be good, that'd be you know, blessing. No, it wouldn't. You know, all get rich quick schemes are of the devil. God wants it to come from labor and, and length, length of, of time. time, and to to view wealth accumulation any other way, like you know, overnight type thing. Uh, it's 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 wrong. We know we need to stop thinking of that as a, a a positive thing, and a lot of people do. You know, they think, man, if I could just come into some money, you know, if uh, you know some somebody were to just, you know, some some rich person were to just give me some money, that's wrong. You know, that's not right to even even desire that. That's right. And I would go so far as to say this: if you did come into some money, I don't think that you should turn it away, but your lifestyle shouldn't change. Hmm. Your lifestyle shouldn't change. Well, I'm going to buy, I'm going to sell my cars and buy brand new cars. I'm going to change my lifestyle. So you're telling me that, that, that now, now God has is, is called you to be a millionaire, mm-hmm. you know, or live a millionaire lifestyle? I, I don't believe so. Right. And, um, but I guess that's debatable. But I would say, number one, remember that God wants you to be rich. I mean, there's way too many verses in the Bible where God says, if you will follow my riches and honor are with me. Durable riches, in other words, riches that will last. The blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. Um, that by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches. And uh, it's just so many verses. Wow. And then be generous. Be generous. Given it shall be given unto you. That's what the scriptures say. A good measure pressed down, shaken together. And I would say most people that are asking for a handout do not. The, the, worst, the last thing that you want to do is give them money. Because those people are always um, going to be in, in a mess. You know, it's, just, it's, the, it's the typical, you know, proverb where if you, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach him how to fish, then he, you know, then he can feed himself for a lifetime. But the Bible says a slothful man won't even put his hand to his mouth, you know. That's very evident, too, with these people. Like you said, um, a lot of these lottery winners, because playing the lottery is a it's a financial character um, flaw, and a lot of these lottery winners, they're just as poor a couple of years down the road as they were before they won big, you know? That, that's right. That's right. And anybody that would play the lottery, ask yourself why. Well, because you want to get rich. Well, the Bible says get rich quick schemes. You have an evil eye. What is that? i got to look up that verse. Yeah, you, you have an evil eye, and uh, the Bible says the light of the body is the, the eye. So you got an evil eye, then you got an evil body, you know? Uh, and so while you're looking that verse up, let me say something else too. Don't be lazy. We, the curse of this age is laziness. You know, people are, just cannot hold down a job. Uh, all you got to do is just show up mm-hmm. anymore. You don't even have yep. to work hard. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, it's Proverbs 28, 22. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. He hasteth to be rich and as he hastes to be rich, he ends up with poverty. Uh, so, 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 such truth that is just demonstrated over and over again before our eyes, but at an evil eye. Yes. Uh, now let me let's let's pay our respects to bankruptcy for just a minute. You know that is the curse of uh, Christians nowadays. You know um, because Christians are so. Now, now here's what they say: I go to church and I cry when. You know, songs are sung, and, you know, I go to the altar, and I carry a King James Bible and, you know, that kind of a thing. But, you know, Christianity is not measured on, you know, know, basically what you do on Sunday. Sunday is teaching you how to live on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then, of course, you don't drink, smoke, or chew, or run with the curls who do. But, brother, I'll tell you what, money is your God. Materialism is your God. And uh, and so you get in the debt. And and this this is what irritates me. You'll declare bankruptcy, all right? Chapter, heaven knows, 1 through 100 now, you know, chapter 7, 9, 10, 11, 13, whatever. Right. And, um, and so now, now you, you need to confess this. You are a thief. You are a thief. And you need to do what, what Zacchaeus, you know, if, if I have defrauded any man, you know, I'm going to repay it. Mm. You know, you need to pay your debts. Mm. Finances is killing America, uh-huh. not just our, our, on a government level, but also on a personal level. It's killing. It's really killing America. We're drowning in debt. Yep. Why should I pay for your house? Right. I go without, so I, you know, so I don't get in debt. 
and then then you buy this house and this nice car all because you feel like you're you're entitled to it. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that you vote Republican because really your heart is Democrat. Right. You're a handout Christian is exactly what you are. And um, and uh, I, I resent the fact that here it is. I'm working hard to, to pay the bills and and um, here it is. I'm paying for your nice house while I'm living in a house that I can afford, and you're living in a house that you can't afford. Yep. And I'm paying for your house. Yeah, yeah. I resent that. Yeah. I, I'm paying for your car and anymore. Now they want to tax tax you to pay for some student loan debt. You know, and that's in the talks now because oh my soul, um, that's another that's a whole hot other. topic right there. But that's one of the worst things in the world: these student loan debts. And let me just stop and say this. So basically, what you're going to do? Um, well, first of all. Any parent, any Christian that would send their kid to a state university to be educated by the devil has got a screw loose somewhere, you know? I mean— They all go into these colleges and they come out straight-up atheists. Yeah. You know? Uh, And if not that—if not admittedly so, at least in practice— and then, and then here it is. Of course, they got you know nice gymnasiums and nice this and nice that and you know co-ed dormitories. They also got nice sin too, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And uh, it's lot- hard enough to go to a Bible college and not come out a a, a bleeding heart liberal. <laughs> and now <laughs> you tell me you're going to go to state university, devils you, devils and you, come out with your faith. Yep, yep. What they'll do is say, well, we got all these grants and all these student loans, and so what you're going to do if you want to get poor then what you want to do is go to a state university because yeah. you're going to come out owing seventy or $80,000. Mm-hmm. You know, I've told you, and I've, I've told, in fact, I told David just the other day, he'll be graduating in two years. I said, you got a few choices. It used to be the military. I would, in fact, I told you, one of three things you can do. You can stay here and get a job if, if the Lord is leading you to be a business person. There's people in our church, people that we know that, that never went to college and doing very, very well. They know mm-hmm. how to work hard. They, can, they, they just have business sense and i said if that's you i'll let you stay at the house for four years and then you save your money but i i will be the custodian of your money you save the most of it you will come out after four years saving the vast majority of it you you'll you'll have in the bank seven or eighty thousand dollars be way ahead of these way kids that went to way ahead and then, they owe seventy or eighty thousand dollars at least right right <clears throat> and then what happens is um of course, then you have no faith, and then you're in a financial mess. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is you get married to a little heathen girl or guy that you met there, and uh, you never go to college. You know, I mean, you never go to church again. Right. And if it is it's some liberal church, it's going to pat you on the back and make you feel good, right. and wouldn't say anything like we're saying right now. And so what they do is they get married. What do they do? They buy a four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar house mm-hmm. because they are told they're going to make all this money. They can afford it. That's right, uh, and then they buy. He, he buys a brand new forty-five, fifty thousand dollar truck, and she's got to have this thirty-five, forty thousand dollar car. And of course, she runs off. She's a nurse somewhere, and I don't know. He works, you know, as heaven knows what. And uh, and the next thing you know, kids come around, and the kids are put up, pawned on a daycare or something like that. It's a mess. It's uh, the whole At, thing is so ungodly. Yeah. And then what happens is you get in debt as a you know, as a teenager or right out of college. And you're in debt the rest of your life. Yeah. You'll never get out. Yeah. It's another lie the world has told you you need. And now it's like if you don't go to college right out of high school, um, you're some kind of miserable failure. Um, now, Bible college, is, that's a different ballgame. But uh, even still, if the Lord hasn't called you to it, um, but the lie, the, the lie of the world is you got to go and off and get this higher education. You'll never make it. Less than you know? 30% of people that graduated with a degree are in the field for which they studied in college. Yeah, Less that, than 30%. Oh. We had a lady that was um, a couple years ago. She was a, she became a bus driver. She's having to make more money driving a bus than I can teaching. She had a degree in secondary education in math. Oh man! And there was another one that um, was a um, was a nurse, and uh, she made more more money um, delivering mail. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we're crazy if we think we know what the world's going to look like in twenty years. Um, that's and right. What kind of degree today is going to give you a uh, you know a job or a salary that you want twenty years from now? Uh, we need, like you always say, you need to get a hold of God um, and just follow his will. Let him supply. Absolutely. Well, and so be generous. Don't be a financial Calvinist. Here's another one. Live frugally. All these people, all the, I went to my daughter Amanda's house the other day, and it's the same way with me. Well, in fact, when I told the insurance agent, she said, well, you know, the contents of your house, you know, this is many years ago. I says, everything in my house is under uh, $1,000, everything. Not a thing in your house that you buy new. I mean, no, no. we used to sit in the living room and you'd point at everything, and you, we'd start tallying it up, and it's like 50 bucks, 
Everything you can see from the living room. Got that couch at an auction for 10 bucks. That lamp was free. You know, the only thing in here that we bought new is maybe the TV. And it's like, you know, yeah. why am I going to insure this house for the TV? <laughs> and so I was up at Amanda's the other day, uh, our oldest daughter. And uh, she lives up in the Chicagoland area. And beautiful house and just well-decorated, nice pictures on the wall and everything. And this is what she said. She says, everything in this house, everything you see is... Facebook Marketplace, you know? Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. So, and so, absolutely. But live frugally. And I would say this. I would say this. Don't be an impulse buyer. Mm. Don't be, a, Brother House used to say, don't be a window shopper. Mm-hmm. You know? Know what you're going to buy when you go into the store. Mm-hmm. And if it's something expensive, don't buy it then. You know? And especially when the, when the car dealer salesman says, you know, this is here. This won't be here tomorrow. This is your only chance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you believe that, well, then <laughs> you deserve what you get. <laughs> you got you. That's right. You deserve your. It's not true. And there have been so many deals where I've thought I got to jump on this. It's a once in a lifetime thing. And then that once in a lifetime thing somehow comes around again. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, it's not. It's 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 a it's a scheme to get to get you to to, to jump on it. Yes. Uh, Family days. Family days. Now, everybody ought to have a family day. We did growing up, and it was on Monday. It's different now. Um, but you know what? This is what people do. Man, we got to go to Six Flags, spend four, five, six hundred dollars $600. And you know, most of the time, those kids ain't happy. Oh, you know? Well, you, I, <laughs> I worked at Six Flags for two summers, and they're there, and they're grumpy because of how much they spent to get in there. And they're thinking, you're not having fun, you're not having fun, and we spent $500 to get here, and now, you know, they're all upset. And it's 95 uh, degrees, and you're waiting in the sun for uh-huh. this ride that's two minutes long. Yep, yep. You know? Yep. And uh, I think it was, um, uh, I don't remember if it was you or Karen that worked there. It says, man, the average family of four spends $500. Yeah, and I'm sure it's more than that now. Um, it has to be yeah. more than that now. Yeah. That was many years ago. I remember that. But, uh, yeah, we would just go to the park. Maybe we'd go to the river and just throw rocks throw in the rocks, river, yeah. you know, and yeah. we'd go get a pizza and sit there, and we'd have more fun with the family. Because the, the, the world, the things that mean nothing clamor for your attention. Yes. And the things that mean something you know, like relationships and, and just being together, mm-hmm. you know. Boy, if people could get that, you say that a lot, but um, the more you spend on it, the less likely you are to enjoy oh, it. Oh, that's another thing, too. Funerals and weddings. You Rip know? off. The world is lied. Told the, you you need all this stuff. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. A- and the more you put into it, the, the, more you, the more money and the more complicated you make your wedding, the, the less you're going to enjoy mm-hmm. it. You're going to be stressed out. It's stressed out. All this money. Yep. I mean, couples will go into debt. Right. A wedding dress, five thousand dollars. A yeah. wedding cake, three thousand uh-huh. dollars. A photographer, six thousand dollars. Yep. The average the videographer wedding... is another six thousand. Yeah, you know? it's unbelievable, man. You know, and and here's the thing: we have to stay with the latest and greatest. But uh-huh. you know what? The camera that's on your phone is better than any camera that anybody used it when they took do... my wedding. Yeah, it can do the job. Um, and, and, and as if as if you're gonna have all these wedding pictures all over the place. You, you know, when the last time I looked year. at my wedding album, <laughs> I, I I don't even. I don't even know where it is. <laughs> but the uh, the lie that you got to have all that, that stuff, and they'll say, it's your day. You know, anytime you start making it about you, you're not going to enjoy it. You know, they start, well, it's your day. You make it everything you want it to be. It's ridiculous. A bride would do better saying, this is my parents' day. They've poured into me. That's I'm gonna a make good th- point. I'm going to make this wedding about my parents, about those who brought me up. Um, the reason why I'm here. The moment you make that wedding about you, you start spending money, you start making it, well, this is my day. And graduation, too. Everything. Anytime you make it about you, oh, this is your day. You deserve everything. Bunch of lies. What do we have to tell our, our graduates every year? Listen, I don't want to give a speech, they say. You owe it to your parents to thank them. At least. Yeah, yeah at least. And, of course, more than that, God. That's the main main yeah. thing. Well, speaking about living frugally, before you go on to the next point, did you know they have apps nowadays that will um, find and cancel your monthly subscriptions because there's there's a high enough clientele list of people that have are paying monthly subscriptions that they don't know what to or they don't even know how to cancel it. That there are apps you can get on your phone to help you cancel your monthly subscriptions. And if you get into that mess, well, you deserve what you're in. <laughs> you know, and I have to tell you, you know, with kids, it's happened to me before. Mm-hmm. So you know what you got to do? You got to go down there and cancel your debit card. Yeah. Yep. And uh, by the way, that's something. Uh, I'm going to help you right now. I, I can fix your financial problems right now. Now, you're not going to be out of financial debt tomorrow, but we could turn the ship around. We can, we can turn this monster ship around of financial debt around on a dime if you will just, you know, 
You, you need to perform some plastic surgery. Cut <laughs> up the cards. Cut up the credit cards. Every single credit card. And anybody that would tell you, anybody that will tell you, well, you got to have a credit card. Well, again, well, you're, you're an idiot. If, if you believe that lie, I haven't had a credit card in years mm-hmm. and years. And you're, you're, just, you're just dumb, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but um, Well, why, why do people say that? Why do they well, say you have to have a credit card? You know, I heard Brother Howell say one time, I have one credit card, and the only reason why, because you can't rent a car unless you have a credit card. You know, basically, if you get stranded out in the middle of nowhere and you have no money uh, and you were able to get home, basically, that's why they're saying you need a credit card. I take it. Right. Is that what they're coming well, from? Well, yeah, that kind of a thing. But you know what? Most people, you know, I, I have to have a credit card because I can't live within my means. Right. And so I'm going to go deeper and deeper into debt every right. single week because I can't find a way out. That's because what you need to do is find Christ mm-hmm. and and quit saying you believe the Bible mm-hmm. because you really don't. Yeah. Jesus taught that you you really believe what you live, yeah, you know, if if you believed that there was, um, if, if your wife was dying of cancer and you really truly believed that there was a doctor who could make her well with some some shot, you would go to that doctor. If you really believed that there was a million dollars buried in your backyard and you knew it, you would go get it. You know, you're gonna live the life that you believe. Mm-hmm. And you are going to be the sum total of the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. the average American is $90,000 in debt. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's terrible with young people. They get in the worst of it when, when they're young mm-hmm. and they just never get out of it because they will not. They just will not follow Bible principles. They just won't do it. They just won't do it. Mm-hmm. And um, here's something else, too. People say, well, I'm not going to tithe. I'm going to give to my my, my tithe is going to go to my kids or, you know, you know, March of Dimes or something like that. Well, you're a thief. You're a thief. You're telling me that you believe the world is going to be a better financial, financial um, um, uh, uh, responsible with your money? Mm-hmm. You know, no. God says bring you all the tithe into the storehouse. And uh, now I will say this. A lot of preachers are fools when they say, well, you just tithe and God will give, take care of all your financial troubles. That's dumb. So what the what the world is hearing, and you got to remember, most people that come to church are worldly. Many people are. This is what they're hearing. Oh, okay. So all I have to, all I need to do is just give God ten percent. So I make a thousand dollars a week. I'll give God a hundred, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and buy two nice cars, a nice boat. I'm going to buy a really expensive house, and uh, I'm going to run up all kinds of debts, and my bills are going to be, be, you know, five six thousand dollars a month. I'm going to give God a hundred dollars, and He's going to take care of all my debt. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't work like that. God is saying you are you are way messed up. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is sell those boats and sell those cars and sell that house to the place where you can give to me because you want to give to the work of ministry, mm-hmm. and then I will bless you, mm-hmm. and then I will give you more than enough to live the lifestyle you've called you know that I've called you to live. Yeah, people look at that tithe as like a get out of jail free card, and you it's know? not. I'm in a mess. Well, all I need to do is start tithing, and then I'm going to get out of that mess. You know, thank the Lord that he is gracious with us. When you get on the right track, you know, he, he gives grace, you know, and he helps as long as you're on the right track. But um, to think that you're going to violate, like you said at the beginning, you're going to violate biblical principles and then expect God to bail you out as you continue to violate biblical principles, that's not going to happen. And if it does happen, it's the devil <laughs> blessing you, not the Lord. Well, I believe that because to me, I mean, God says what he means and means what he says, mm-hmm. and he can't both be right. Right. You know? I mean, it's like you're saved by grace through faith or you're saved by works. It's one or the other. It cannot be both. Right. And God is saying through the book of Proverbs, and by the way, you ought to read Proverbs because there's a lot of financial advice in Proverbs. Mm-hmm. And uh, God is saying this is the way to financial freedom right here. For, for example, the fear of the Lord. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, God is not going to bless you financially. Now, the world will, you know, right. but the Bible says he addeth no sorrow. Yep. So all you're going to do, if you love money, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. While some have it coveted after, they've erred from the faith. Yep. Because money becomes their God, and they're going to rewrite the Bible to, and reinterpret the Bible all from a you know the, the you know greed perspective, right? And a money perspective, and uh, just goes downhill from there. Mm-hmm. But if you won't make it about money, and you'll make it about God, and God is telling you how to how, how to. Uh, you, you know, budget your money and live financially free. If you just follow the Bible principles, you're going to be good to go. Mm-hmm. You're going to be good to go. But I could tell you right now, if you will just quit coveting, cut up the cards and live within your means, your, your God is going to bless you. 
But God is, see, here's the problem. Kids want today, a 22-year-old wants today, and, and, you know, when he graduates from high school, he wants then what it took his mom and his dad 30 years to get. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. And the world has told him you deserve it. I didn't own a house until I was 40-something years of age. Mm. 40-something years of age. Granted, I lived in a parsonage. Um, but, um, you know, I just believe that you need to wait until, wait wait for the Lord's leading. Yeah. And not make money the decision. Mm-hmm. All, the, all your decisions should be based upon the Word of God yeah. and not on money. Now, money is secondary. There's no question about it. You know, if you only got $10, then you can only spend $10 at Walmart, you know, on you know, food or whatever. So right. I get that. Yeah. But the, the underlining foundational Bible financial principles um, ought to guide us. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, there's so much more we could say on this. Yeah. It's such a, a broad topic. But your problems, my problems, are because we get away from the Word of God. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's good. Uh, uh, well, you went on for, for four weeks. You know, you got into it. And usually when that happens, it's something that you have um, been, you know, you've really gotten passionate about, you know, or, or gone on to some, you know, uh, gotten into some of these areas and just really started teaching and hammering away at some of these things. And, uh, well, I believe we'll, we'll do it next week as well, continue I believe, on. unless the Lord leads in another direction. But um, this is not a subject that you can tackle in one week because God gives so many principles. And so we'll look at maybe a few, a few more of them next week. But thank you for joining in. We really appreciate uh, your listening, your loyalty. Write to us. Let us know what you think. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, just a reminder, uh, thecanceledpreacher at gmail.com is our email. And on Twitter, uh, cancelledpr1. You can tag us and uh, get, get in touch with us there as well and on Facebook. Uh, well, anyway, thanks very much for listening. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you.